Christ is Lord. So that is to say, we often say we don't start apologetics or a defense of the faith with neutrality. I can't have Christ set apart as Lord and pretend neutrality at the same time. That doesn't work. I can't be in a discussion with, a, with an unbeliever reasoning from a neutral standpoint, right? Maybe God doesn't exist. Maybe he's not really the Messiah. I can't do that and have Christ set apart as Lord. There has to be a primary focus upon Christ as Lord before I even be begin this process. Hello and welcome to Methetes Radio, the much sure word exposed. It's good to be back. I feel like I haven't done an episode in a couple of weeks, so I'm excited to be here and I hope and I pray that this episode is one that blesses you, one that makes you think, and also one that goes out to the world to make the world think. Because that is the heartbeat of well, every episode in a way, but this one in specific, because we're going to address an issue which I think is propping up more and more in our culture. And I really hope that we're able to investigate it from firstly a biblical point of view, and then also in a way that doesn't put unnecessary barriers in the way of the gospel going out to the world. And so if you are a non-Christian, then you are so welcome in on this episode. I hope that you listen, I hope that you think about it, and even comment, even email us at methetesradio at hotmail.com or send me a private message on, on Facebook, comment on the podcast when we put it out, do whatever, but get in touch with us because I would love to have a conversation with you, to do some of what I'm going to promote in this episode. And so to introduce the topic a little bit, I was recently at Bluesfest, which is a, well, I call it Bluesfest in name only, because really there's not that much blues music there. Although I did see a couple of great artists, Eric Gale was one of them, who I didn't know of before the festival, and now I think he's quite good. Anyways, went to Bluesfest, had a good time. It is over the Easter weekend, so I'm not sure if I'll go again because I like to celebrate the Good Friday and, of course, Easter Sunday with church friends and family. However, I think it was still a blessing to go, and myself and my wife enjoyed it. But all of that to say, there weren't that many artists that I knew, but there was a couple that I did know. And one of those that myself and my wife, and in fact my dad and stepmom went along to see, at least for a little bit, was a girl who you may know called Tash Sultana. And she is, and I want to make this very clear, she is a very talented girl. And I, I think it's really cool how she makes her music and uses all the loop pedals and how well she plays multiple instruments, especially the guitar, which I also play. Um, but there was something that she said at the very start of her show and from a little bit of research that I've done, it seems like she does this somewhat regularly. But something she said, which I want to use as a basis for this show. I'm not aiming to attack her in any way. In fact, I, I want her to know Jesus. I want her to know his love and the peace that comes from being at peace with the God who made all. But I'll give you the quote in a second, although I'll have to edit out some bits because it has some bad language in it. Here's what the show is going to be about. It's going to be about a concept that you could call cultural totalitarianism. Now, don't tune out because I'm right about to explain what that is. So if you just heard words that have lots of syllables and lots of letters and started to freak out, then 
chill out because here comes the explanation. Let's start with that last word, totalitarianism. I looked this up on a couple of dictionaries on the internet. Google Dictionary defines totalitarianism as a system of government that is centralized and dictatorial and requires complete subservience to the state. I've got a couple of these, so if the first one doesn't make sense, then hopefully you'll have gleaned an understanding by the end. Britannica.com defines totalitarianism as a form of government that theoretically permits no individual freedom and that seeks to subordinate all aspects of individual life to the authority of the state. So no individual freedom, and the state is this all-powerful being that everybody else must be subordinate to. Wikipedia, not so much a dictionary, but useful nonetheless often, defines totalitarianism as a political concept where the state recognizes no limits to its authority and strives to regulate every aspect of public and private life wherever feasible. And lastly, dictionary.com has a couple of definitions. The first one, the practices and principles of a totalitarian regime. Doesn't tell us that much. Number two, absolute control by the state or a governing branch of a highly centralized institution. Number three, the character or quality of an autocratic or authoritarian individual, group, or government. And I want to end with that one because that kind of gets more to where I'm wanting to go because we're not going to talk about totalitarian governments so much as what I'm deeming cultural totalitarianism. And it says it there in that last definition. So the character or quality of an authoritarian individual, group, or government. So where one of those types, individual, group, or government, has a whole lot of power, a whole lot of power and influence is centralized, is centered upon that individual, group, or government. And so, more explicitly, what do I mean by cultural totalitarianism? Well, I would define it as this. It's where a whole lot of power or influence is concentrated in one main group, person, or idea, and no conflicting idea is allowed. Now, that word conflicting is a, a kind of a negative word often, but what I just mean is no idea that is different to what that group or person is putting out is allowed, or it's written off as as bad or evil or unacceptable or you're punished for having such a view. And thus only the accepted agenda is allowed. Only the accepted group, person or ideas that they put forth is allowed. Anything else is shunned. It's often labeled as bigotry and punishable, as I just said, either by social isolation so excluding people from the group or the marketplace of ideas, or by jail or death or punishment of some sort. Only the accepted agenda and idea is allowed. And as we think about this, don't we see this everywhere in our culture? And I think especially in Australia, unfortunately. And look, I love Australia. It is a great blessing to live here, and I, I really mean that. But having spent some time, particularly in America, what I've learned is that Australians, unfortunately, we're not very good at disagreeing about things and then still feeling as if we can remain friends. 
It's one thing I can't remember if I've said before, which I'm particularly thankful for my relationship with my dad about. We disagree on many, many important and hot button topics. And yet we get along really well. I love him dearly. And that's just a great thing. Of course, I, I hope that he comes to know Christ, but we have a wonderful relationship and I'm thankful for it. And so we see this everywhere. Like I was saying, only one group is allowed to have their idea. And if you have a different idea or a different perspective on something, then you're bad, you're evil, you're labeled as some sort of ist or a part of an ism or something like this. And this happens on both sides of politics, so I'm not pointing to any particular group, although there are some pretty obvious ones in our society. So here's Tash Sultana's quote, and I generally try to stick away from bad language, so I'm just going to sort of brush by those words, you'll hear me say it. Um, but right at the start of her gig, before she'd played any music, she started with this. She said, number one, if you're homophobic, get the F out of my gig. Number two, if you're racist, get the F out of my gig. And number three, if you're transphobic, get the F out of my gig. Now that, it hit me like a, like a brick wall. I really didn't know what to say. I was in shock almost when she said that. And myself and my wife, I think both of us almost did just get up and leave. Not because we're afraid of homosexual people, not because we're racist, or not because we're afraid of, of transgender people. We're not. But because in the definition of what Tash Sultana was saying of those words, I'm sure we quite possibly would have fit into all three categories. And I was, as I was researching for this episode, I came across an article by Eve Jeffrey, who is a writer at echo.net.au, and I'll post the link to the actual article in the show notes. But she had this to say. She, being Tash Sultana, welcomed the audience to her set by stipulating three simple rules. All were about inclusion. Don't forget that. All were about inclusion and stamping out bigotry. And as we just said, number one, if you're homophobic, get the F out of my gig. Number two, if you're racist, get the F out of my gig. Number three, if you're transphobic, get the F out of my gig. Then Eve Jeffries continues, no one moved. Boom. Now, I don't know if you see it, but something that I'm struck by as I read that quote, and both from Tash Sultana and Eve Jeffries, is that you know, they both want inclusion they both want equality, they both want to see bigotry ended, but in the very act of allegedly promoting inclusion, equality, and anti-bigotry, they are engaging in it. If you are trying to exclude any group of people based upon your idea, then you're not promoting total inclusion, equality, or, or anti-bigotry. You are in fact engaging in the opposite of those things. You're excluding people. You're not promoting equality. And in a way, you are being a bigot. I'll say it like this. When a group is excluded because they have a different opinion to you, that by definition means they are not being included. And their opinion, at least on this level, is seen as unequal, not worthy of considering compared to yours. Now, 
because some, probably more from the left side of politics, the more progressive type folks who listen to this show, because they might not see this um, in the same way that I'm seeing it, let's try Tasha's rules with some different words put in to demonstrate the point. Number one, if you've got brown hair, get out of my gig. Number two, if you're a soccer player, get out of my gig. Number three, if you're a coffee drinker, get out of my gig. Now, those are silly examples, I realized. But just by changing the folks that she was addressing, you can see how uninclusive, anti-equality, and bigotous it sounds. And to push the point one step further, let's just address the opposite group of what Tash Sultana was addressing. Number one, if you're pro-homosexuality, get out of my gig. Number two, if you're pro-racism, get out of my gig. Number three, if you're pro-transgender, get out of my gig. So in that, I haven't changed the argument at all or the thrust of what she said. All I did was change the groups, the people that she was speaking to. This is totalitarianism. If you don't agree with, with my thrust, with my ideas, with what I'm preaching, get out. You have no worth. You have no opinion that is valid. Get out of my gig, as it were. If you don't agree with the general cultural thrust, you are marked out and punished, labeled, as I said, as some sort of an ist or a part of some ism or with some type of phobia, which, side note, phobia comes from the Greek word phobos, which means scared or fear. And so it really doesn't work the way that we usually use it. But that aside, you're labeled as having some sort of a phobia. And so you might be saying, so what? Where, where's the much surer word being exposed here? That's what we're about at Methetes Radio. So what are you trying to say here, Tobias? Well, let's look at some scriptures. Let's delve in. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm going somewhere with this, so stick with me. Ephesians 2, 1 to 3, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So that verse, it talks about us being so sinful that we're dead in trespasses and sins following the course of this world, following worldly, sinful ways, the prince of the power of the air being the devil, which is the same spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And it says, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, in the passions of worldly, sinful, bad, evil ways. And so mankind's nature is sinful. It is totally depraved to use that language that is often used. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 22 says, For as in Adam, the head of all humanity, as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. So there is hope. Yes, everyone born as a son or a daughter of Adam is dead in, in sins and trespasses. 
is sinful by nature, but all who are in Christ shall be made alive. Romans 5 verse 12, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. And so because of all this, because of the evil of mankind, it's not a good idea to have big governments with lots of power. And we also learn in light of those previous verses that it's not a good idea for secular movements, for secular ideas to culturally have large amounts of power and influence because people, apart from God, are sinful by nature. And so if any one group has a whole bunch of power, that's a bad thing. Now, Christians, conversely, ought to influence the culture. We are to be salt and to be light. Salt is a preservative. It also adds flavor. And we're to be light, beaming out the light of Christ to all of creation, preaching that biblical worldview and living that biblical worldview, influencing the world for the kingdom of Christ, as Jesus puts all things under his feet. Now, I want to say that it's not because Christians are so great and so fantastic that we ought to be influencing the culture. It's simply, and please hear me in this, it's simply because of Jesus. God created this world. And so when we live in his ways, when we submit to him, we will be blessed. We personally, our culture, and we will be living in the way that God has ordained is good. So it's not about Christians being fantastic. It's about the one whom they follow being fantastic. Please mark that. Western culture, especially America, was largely based on biblical values, on the Judeo-Christian worldview, you often hear it said. This is why our culture has been so blessed. And as we move away from this, we see less individual freedom, more control by supposedly good-willed governments, more sin, more death, more sickness, more mental illness. Now, in these cultures, when they are established, it's not necessarily so to say that everyone was Christian, although I would say there probably were a lot more Christians, but there was large agreement that the Judeo-Christian worldview was a good one and ought to be followed. And so, as we lived in God's world using God's ways, our cultures were blessed. Now, again, this is not because we are so fantastic. It's simply because we followed the Creator's ways. Now, as non-Christian, anti-God, enemies of God take over, we see there is no room, especially for the biblical worldview to exist. And so we have statements like what Tash Sultana said, get the F out of my gig, get out of my life, get out of the government. If you really have to continue with your bigoted, awful Christianity, then do it in your little corner. Don't bring it out into the marketplace. Well, friends, this is not the Christian message. It is not the Christian message that we just have little holy huddles in church on a Sunday. Christians are put into the world to be salt, to be light, to sanctify the culture around us as the Holy Spirit works in us. And so, Tash, Eve, the Echo Crew, everybody listening who is not currently a Christian, I love you guys. Part of my motivation for making this podcast is so that folks will hear the gospel. I don't want you to die as enemies of God. The Bible says the wages of sin 
is death. And this is physical and eternal. We die in general because Adam and Eve sinned and we inherited their nature as we learned earlier. But if you die in your sins, you will face eternal punishment. Whereas life will be blessed both now and forever if you will repent, if you will turn away from all sin and all that is evil and trust in Christ, the same God who made a sacrifice on behalf of folks just like you and me, of his enemies. We know the love of God in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, paying the penalty for our sin, for all of those who are in him and who are chosen by him. Now, life as a Christian isn't always peachy, but we're always connected to the giver of life. And as he works in us, as we come to understand his word and his ways, we are eternally content, no matter what comes in our way. And so, Tash, Eve, Echo Crew, humanity, if you come to my gig, you are most certainly welcome. And I hope that we can have a polite, honest, and forthright discussion about our differences. But because I want you to know the God of blessing who will set you free from all sin and death, I want you to be in this world being blessed by God. And so this is Tobias signing out on the Thetes Radio, the much surer word exposed. <laughs>